Welcome to Harmonious World. I'm Hilary Robertson, and for this episode, I'm joined by my very special guest, Niv Ashkenazi, virtuoso violinist. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Niv. Oh, it's so nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. <laughs> how is lockdown for you? Uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's been... You know, my wife and I have stayed home and, and it's been good in terms of just having time to stay at home and work on some other things. But of course, it's hard because uh, she's a musician, too. And like all the other musicians out there, it means that we can't really do many concerts or at least not in front of audiences. So um, it's been a bit of a reacclimation, but overall, we're doing OK. And um managing to keep busy and uh, improve on our skills, both musical and otherwise. Yeah, brilliant. So I'm fascinated. I love the Violins of Hope album. And uh, I have to say my favorite track is the theme from Schindler's List. Just a beautiful piece. How, um, how did that come about? I mean, I know I've read a little bit about how the project came about but how did you get involved in the first place so i got involved in 2017 in uh sarasota florida when they were doing events over there for violence of hope and basically what happened is uh as an alum as an alum of the perlman music program which is run by um itzhak perlman's wife toby perlman it's a wonderful program for um both for younger students as well as for uh, professional musicians, young professional musicians. So uh, as an alum, they invited me to come and play on these instruments with a few other people that were in the program. So we went over there for a two-week program, and it was a very moving experience because we had um, about three performances a day and every day. And uh, two of them were for schools and one for the public. And uh, we were playing on about 10 of the instruments from the Violins of Hope collection. And each time that we would play Avshi, the son of Amnon uh, Weinstein, who founded the, the project, he would tell the stories of these instruments. And then he would hand a violin to you and you needed to play, but you felt a much deeper connection with the owner, the instrument, and all of that. So it was, it was an incredible experience. And um, I was very honored to be able to, to participate in that. I had heard of Violins of Hope since the time that they did things in uh, Cleveland. They did major events there. And I knew Amnon from before, but I hadn't been involved yet. So after that, basically, I'd been working with a choreographer from Juilliard on another Holocaust-related event. And we'd been doing that since 2012, and it was also educational. And so he came down, actually, from uh, New Jersey, and we asked if we could borrow an instrument for our performances in May which was a few months later. And to our surprise, they said yes. So over Passover uh, in April in 2017, I flew to Israel, spent Passover with my family over there, and then went to the Weinstein's shop in Tel Aviv. And I got to play on about 10 of these instruments. Wow. And I ended up picking out the one that you heard on the album. It, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, just... Um, I think there's something about the the history of the music and the obviously the film and the book 
but also obviously the instrument and the whole project itself that is just so moving. And I think you're, the way you play that piece, especially, I mean, I love, I, I love all of it, but, but um, I think that the Schindler's List theme especially is really beautiful, beautiful piece. Thank you. And it's a beautiful piece. And um, funnily enough, I think while we were recording, uh, my pianist, Matthew Graybill, uh, when we were talking afterwards, uh, he he had mentioned that that particular recording, the one of Schindler's List, was very memorable for him when yeah. we were recording it. He felt yeah. really good about it. And um, yeah, and the way he plays that opening is just amazing. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful piece and it's become uh, so iconic and so... Um, it just represents this whole subject matter for so many people. Um, so we felt like we had to put it on there one way or another. And because uh, most of the album are composers that were affected by the Holocaust in some yeah. way. And then the rest are iconic works or composers that really changed uh, Jewish music. Yes, yes. I mean, I think, I think for a lot of people, you know, a film like Schindler's List is a, a sort of introduction to the the subject um you know and it and it's such a sort of big you know hollywood production that um it's accessible for people do you know what i mean yeah um absolutely I, you know and i think that's a that's a great way of uh, of doing it and and uh, in fact on, on my radio show i've been playing um a few of your tracks you know uh, throughout uh, for the last couple of months and um and I keep coming back to that one, but you know they're all they are all beautiful. So great work. Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, the the instruments you play. So obviously that particular one has a special meaning. But but your violins in particular, do you find that you um, you know as soon as you play it, there's something there's a connection because there's a physicality, isn't there? There is. There is a physicality. And I think um, whether it's an instrument from this collection or in general, um, instruments have their own personalities. They really tell you how they want to be played. And then it's a bit of a, a very kind and gentle negotiation between the instrument and the player to figure out how best to express the music. And um no two instruments are the same. And I think in this particular collection, you can really hear that um, there's, they each have such a particular voice. Um, this one happens to be very deep and husky and, and uh, soulful, but they have other ones that sound completely different. Um, and the instruments also change the more you play on them. So this one... Um, it has grown and changed so much in the three years that I've had it just from being played on more and more and it opening up because the wood is alive. So it it expands, it contracts, and uh, the vibrations really change the more you play on it. Amazing, isn't it? And um, uh, what do you do about the bow? So do you have a, do you have a, 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 your preferred sort of personal bow and you play, use that for whichever instrument you use or do you change it or how does that work? 
Yeah, I have a few bows, but I definitely have one that I use primarily. Um, for basically any musician that's playing for Violins of Hope, you bring your own bow. They yeah. bring the instrument. Um, and this bow, though, the one that I've been using quite a bit, and also the one that's used on the album, um, is by a maker called Daniel Schmidt. And uh, I, I had bought this bow... Uh, a couple of years ago when I was um, when it came on the market and actually I bought it from the Weinsteins or I guess they helped make that happen because um, I tried it out in their shop and uh, only later on a few months later I found out that Daniel Schmidt was uh, a key player in making Violence of Hope uh, start he asked Amnon Weinstein to uh, share about the collection that his father, Moshe Weinstein, had begun, which was the Violence of Hope collection, really. But this was before they were restored. They were just in the shop for many, many years, and he had worked in their shop. So um, he asked Amnon to come to Dresden and speak to a bowmakers convention about these instruments. And Amnon really didn't want to do that. Um, it took a lot of convincing, but he did in the end. And having done that, that began the process for Amnon to be okay with it, accept it, and find a way to work through all the horrors and the trauma of losing over 400 members of their family to the Holocaust through restoring these instruments. So he was kind of the catalyst for, for this to begin. Um, so I, I think it's, to me, it's very special to be playing on one of his bows on these instruments. Um, I happened to purchase the bow because I love the bow in and of itself, but it just happened to be um, very fitting for this project in particular. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, so moving on a little bit, I mean, you've played in some incredible venues. I mean, the Carnegie Hall, Kennedy Center, all around the world. Obviously, you've talked about Israel. Um, do you have a favorite venue? Favorite venue? Oh, my. That is a good question. I mean, each place is so different and each hall is so different. I mean, I have to say that, that I couldn't. It wouldn't be right if I didn't mention how special Carnegie Hall's sound is in its main hall. It's it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and it's nothing that you would experience in any other hall. Um, but I have to also say where we recorded this album, I felt so lucky. It's um, a hall that's really close by to me, <laughs> actually, and it's at the Soraya. And um, it was made by the same acoustician that did Disney Hall, which is our big venue for the LA Philharmonic and things like that. But it's such a gorgeous hall and it's so wonderful to play in. Um, when we were testing out pianos and we didn't even have any of the sound projectors up, you know, to send it into the hall, you just felt the sound surround you and you're swimming in it. And it was... Um, such a wonderful experience and uh, so inspiring to play in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Have you played much in London? I actually haven't played at all in London. Wow. <laughs> I would love to, oh. but I haven't gotten around to it. Um, yeah, I have a lot of friends uh, that are either from London or live currently in London, but uh, I have yet to even visit for that matter. Oh, wow. 
goodness me, well, you <laughs> must come. And when you come, um, a, a, a really lovely venue is um, King's Place, which is a very King's new Place. venue, but it's um, that's beautiful. And if you get a chance to play, I I, um, I went to several uh, concerts there in a in the the jazz festival a few years ago, and um, there was one, um, one gig in particular where the bass just kind of resonated within me. It was it was a it was like such a moving experience. So you know, um, that's one. Oh, of I'll my, have to go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, um, right now I um, I read about Dyad. Is it is it called mm-hmm. Dyad? Your violin and yeah. bass duo with your wife. So, yeah, violin and bassoon. Oh, sorry. It's um, yeah. Um, yeah, we, it's funny, you know, we met at Juilliard um, during the last year of our master's and uh, we wanted to play together just for fun um, in the park. And it's just uh, in Central Park, it's always fun to play because there's a lot of people walking around and you just get to play for fun. Um, and uh, we started playing together and we thought, wow, this is actually better than we expected it because we had zero expectations given that it's such a weird uh ensemble um but yeah once she moved out here to uh do her doctorate uh we started actually playing as a group and um it's been a wonderful experience we really believe in this uh type of ensemble and we believe in showcasing each instrument equally uh, I think it's wonderful for audiences to get the surprise of hearing a bassoon and hearing it as a melodic instrument, which it really is, and not just um, <laughs> hidden in the back of the orchestra. Exactly. And, also, and also to hear the violin in, in a less soloistic way as well as the soloistic way. So um, we are hoping to grow the repertoire slowly and surely and uh, keep commissioning and arranging and hopefully make this a more viable option for other musicians. And so far, we've uh, actually had quite a few musicians reach out to us for different arrangements and pieces. So it's been nice to see some of that traction starting. Yeah, because that's it's it's very it's, it's a, it is a really surprising. I mean, it's surprising visually as well as musically. There's something about the, 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 I mean, because the violin is almost vertical and the bassoon is so <laughs> horizontal. Or is that the other way around? It's actually the other way around. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it, they look so, so strange, but, but strangeness can be a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I think uh, both my wife and I, Leah and I, we both uh, are very intrigued by unique instrumentation or unique pieces like that. And so it really fit well for us. And it's always a nice challenge when we're making arrangements to see, you know, how far can we take it? And uh, I think one that I'm quite proud of is that we were able to reduce down dance macabre down to yeah. two instruments. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was exciting and it's, it's not an easy one, but uh, it's just exciting to see the limitations where, how far can you push it and still make it sound good? And since you don't have a piano or a chordal instrument, how to show the harmony in a way that, um, that yeah. you, the audience doesn't feel like they're losing anything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, um, you know, I think uh, giving audiences something new that's got mm-hmm. a quality about it you know is you know, exactly. there's, there's nothing gimmicky about it but it's it's you know 
it's surprising. I think that's lovely. That's that's fantastic. Um, so, what what next? What you what next? That is an excellent question. Um, I can tell you that out here in California, we are probably not looking at any live concerts uh, until around the new year. Most stuff has been canceled at least until December, and that's with the hopes that maybe we can have the holiday season. Um, But what's next for Violins of Hope is we're crossing our fingers that the LA events will happen in uh, January and February of 2021. And of course, um, we were hoping to tour with this album right about now. So we will be, um, you know, figuring that out slowly as to feeling, feeling out what we can do and when we can do it. So we're kind of taking it one step at a time, um, still doing some educational work with it where we can and doing uh, virtual work. Um, but we're kind of waiting on the live events until everyone starts to open up and, uh, we can hopefully start traveling again and, uh, uh, share this album with as, as many communities as we can. Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. You've been really interesting. It's been, it's been fascinating to talk to you and I look forward to, I will definitely try. And even if I have to travel, I will definitely try to catch one of the Violins of Hope concerts. But, you know, you never know. It might come to London soon. It might come to you guys. Absolutely. That would be amazing. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Hillary. And thank you so much for, um, you know, actually letting your listeners hear this album. It means so much to me. Great. Thank you. That was the third episode of Harmonious World. And I was delighted to be joined by Niv Ashkenazi. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can leave us a review, that would be fantastic too. So I look forward to speaking to you next time with my next guest. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. <laughs>